Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, this is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down, end zone, touchdown, touchdown Raiders! Would you believe it? This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. And here we are kicking off hour number two of the show, Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. My man, Damon Cotton, and your boy, Q. And to help us kick off hour number two, we join, we're joined now by Charles Williams, a.k.a. the Chuck Wagon, the all-time leading rusher in you know, NLV history. And Chuck, thank you so much for your time today. I know you're getting excited. I know you're getting pumped up. The NFL draft is just a couple days away right here in Las Vegas. What has this whole process been like for you from the end of the regular season to the the, the all-star games showcase that you've been at, the pro days that you've gone through, to now be at this point where you're just a couple days away from the start of the NFL draft? Honestly, it's been it's been a thrilling moment like for me just to experience all this. Uh as a kid, you want to know what it takes to be a pro, and just uh, just switching from being a college athlete to a guy that's trying to, you know, hear his name called in the draft has been an amazing feeling. Honestly, I just want to thank all my family members, all my friends, and all the people, coaches, staff members that helped me get here, and it's all love. I appreciate every, appreciate everybody. Now that all the the work is really done, I mean, you really there's nothing else that you could do at this point. A couple days away, I mean, I guess it's a little bit time to relax, but I'm sure I'm sure you're still anxious because you want to know where you're going, and you definitely are going to be going somewhere. But uh, what kind of a what kind of feedback have you been receiving at these showcases and from scouts and and different teams that you talk to? Um, so from what I heard from the scouts, they love you know my speed, my vision, and how I'm able to just to. Uh, that guy that's uh, able to run through the uh, run between the tackles and outside the tackles, and then I've shown a lot of stuff. You know, my my receiving uh, skill set this year too. So uh, I've been hearing a lot of good stuff. Uh, my agents have been putting my name out there with all 32 teams, and I, we got good feedback. And like you said, I'm just trying to make one team fall in love with me because you can only go to one team, honestly. But uh, Every day is an interview, and you got to be on your uh, best behavior. And I just feel like, honestly, the team that you know slays me is going to get a dude that's willing to sacrifice his uh, body and put it on the line for the team. And uh, I'm grinding for I'm grinding for my daughter and my family, and I just want to make everybody proud. Yeah, no doubt about it. I know that you're going to do that. Again, we're talking with Charles Williams, the Chuck Wagon here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. And you mentioned your daughter, you mentioned your family. And we know, I mean, when you, you were a rebel, we knew that that's what you were, you know, working. And those who were, those were the people that you were working for. I mean, what does it mean to you to know that, hey, you're putting on for them and, and they're sitting back looking at you and they are proud of you? Uh, it's just a feeling of you're not letting nobody down. You're doing what you're supposed to do. And when you get to that moment where your family's looking at you and they can applaud you for all your accomplishments and accolades that you have achieved over this time. It's just an amazing feeling. And I feel like my daughter's going to uh, grow up knowing that her dad put his best foot forward and tried to make her life easier. And uh, honestly, I could say she's the reason why I, I did the stuff I did this year and why I keep going hard. And like today during my workout, I was like, I got to keep going hard for her. So 
that's the main motivation right now is her and just trying to make her life easier. Yeah, Chuck, you just mentioned your workout today, so you're still working as the draft is coming <laughs> up. But there's there any been has there been anything different in the way you're preparing for the draft as the way you were training for let's say the college season? Uh, I would say it's not as heavy with the weights and stuff right now. It's more getting in conditioning shape and uh, working on being explosive and being quick. Because in the league, you got to show you can get the point A to point B like that, like a snap of a finger. And then I feel like also. Uh, the most important thing has been doing field work, which you don't usually get to do all the time because coaches have so much time playing into the weight room. You don't get that field time all the time like you usually do like you usually do as in, in high school or when you're about to go to college. So just taking advantage of that and being around some NFL veterans and stuff like that and watching them work out and just embracing them feels great. And being in an environment, you feel like once you get there, it's going to be normal. And it's not going to be, uh, you know, something unorthodox. Yeah, you mentioned some NFL veterans that you've been around. What type of advice have you gotten from former NFL players or current NFL players? It's more like this process is very difficult. Relax, be patient. Um, also, another thing, when you're working, like make sure you listen to your body. You don't want to overwork your body because at the end of the day, it's just, it's, your body is the money maker. So take care of your body. And then um, just enjoy everything. Uh, it's going to be fun. You might be, you know, it's going to be some ups and downs, but that's what life is. And if you're able to handle the ups and downs, you're going to be just fine. Talking right now with Charles Williams, the Chuck Wagon here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. And I love your attitude. I love your approach. I love your humility. I mean, it's just, it's really great to hear that uh, you're a young dude, but you're wise beyond your years. Where do you get that from? Where, where do you learn all that from and, and have that humility and, and kind of taking everything? Like you said, there's going to be ups and downs in life because that's what life is all about. But just being able to understand that at a young age. Uh, really from my grandparents and my, 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 uh, my parents, uh, my grandma was always, she was so wise and everything like that before uh, she passed and everything. She gave me so much wisdom and taught me, uh, you know, right from wrong growing up because I was usually with her 24-7 because my mom and dad had to work. So I learned from her. And then it's really uh, mostly my dad, but also my mom. My dad, he's always giving me, like, the, bl- the blueprint of, you know, life. Even though when he was in college and stuff, it was like way before I was even born. Like he still, he has a way of finding out things and he was trying to help me out and guide me. And I appreciate and love him for that because not everybody has a father figure and they like that actually cares and wants their son to do well or their daughter to do well. Uh, it's a blessing for real. And my mom, she's always been in my corner. She's always taught me how to make the right decisions in life and who to choose to be in your corner and stuff at the right time because some people switch up too. So, just learning from them uh, it's been a great it's been a great 23 years of my life and i'm uh very blessed to have my parents watch over me and make sure that i'm guided in the right direction yeah well your parents did a great job because you're definitely uh you're very grounded you're very humble and, and like i said you could tell that your your head is on straight so when you get that phone call regardless what day it is when you get that phone call and they say hey chuck we want you to come to so-and-so whatever city it is it might be right here in vegas you never know uh, and, and play football for us on the next level. What's that phone call going to mean to you? I mean, a whole lot. Uh, as a kid, I really, my dad got me into football. I really, I was a fan of football. Like, I would play, like, street football or flag football, but I never really played tackle football. So just watching my love for the game grow each year and missing out on it, it just showed how much I love the game of football. And I need football to be in my life, honestly. And 
when I get that call, it's just gonna show all my dreams and aspirations have uh, fallen into place, and I'm just I'm just happy to achieve my dreams, and it gives hope to people back in Fresno. It gives people hope in Las Vegas. It gives people hope all around the world that a kid like me has made it this far and is still trying to excel and find ways to get better each day. And I'm just looking forward to that uh, phone call because everybody's going to be proud. Everybody in my corner. All right. You mentioned Fresno. You mentioned Las Vegas and getting that call. <laughs> Where are you going to be watching the draft from? Are you going to be here in Vegas? Uh, yes, sir. I'm going to be in Vegas with my family. Nice. All right, man. It's good to hear, man. I cause you're, I'm sure <laughs> that when you do get that call, it's going to be excitement. I love to see those videos when people are watching the draft, and then you just get to see them accept that call, and then that jubilation that people have. And Charles, before I let you go, I know Q's probably got a couple more questions for you too, but I've got to ask you because we follow each other on Twitter, and you are a big Laker fan, <laughs> and you are always yes, you're tweeting about the Lakers. But what are they going to do next year? Are you getting rid of Westbrook? If they ask Charles Williams, what should we do? Are you getting rid of Westbrook? Okay, so this is my thing. Westbrook, I feel like his problem is is the confidence in the fans. It's just not a good combination right now for him. And it's hard playing for the hometown and you're not doing well or the team expects more out of you. So my best bet is, you know, ship him off, let him play somewhere else. And the pieces I would like to see would be like a Malcolm Brogdon, and a Buddy Hill trade or mm. the Terry Rozier with Kelly Oubre and Gordon Hayward and, and like find a way to get Hayward somewhere else because his, his contract is too big for us. So just send him somewhere else and we get Kelly Oubre and Rozier. Like that's, that's what we really need is a wing defender and a point guard that's willing to score and be able to shoot and play off the ball and make plays when, uh, when we need them. Uh, don't feel like Westbrook had that problem. It was more like the shooting and stuff like that, and it was getting to him, and he's just getting older. You can see, like, the decline in his, his finishing and stuff like that. Uh, as a fan, I can't be too mad because that's a human being, and that's like somebody coming for me at my job. Uh, it's not always going to be perfect. It's not always going to be what you want to see, but I'm going to go out there and give it 110, and I appreciate Westbrook for doing that. He only missed two games out of 80, 82, and he only missed two because, one, the trade deadline, and they're trying to be funny. And then uh, another one is because, you know, it was late in the season. There's no point in playing them. Right. No doubt about that. Any any regrets on them not having Brandon Ingram anymore now that you see what he's doing in New Orleans? It's not even a regret. It's more like a business decision. like Or not even business. It's more like a, what's best for the team. Honestly, Brandon Ingram doesn't play well off the ball like for the Lakers. Like, he can't be the third option. He has to be number one and number two. And there's nothing wrong with that. But just LeBron and AD, and AD was going to take all those touches and. He had to be a part of that trade. You can't really be mad. At the end of the day, the Lakers did what they're supposed to do. They got a ring. I don't see why people say it's not a real ring because at the time, <laughs> right. everybody was playing for it and it was serious. I guess when LeBron wins, it's not real, but it's whatever. <laughs> nah, <laughs> it's real. Hey, a ring is a ring, I, brother. <laughs> and, and that's what I'm saying. It's not a thing if it's no ring. But uh, honestly, though, uh, I feel like both teams won the trade at this point. And Pelicans got the Suns rattled. Honestly, I want to see the Pelicans beat the Suns because the Suns were a little too cocky going into the playoffs. And uh, they really didn't win anything last year. You would think Milwaukee would be the team talking a mess and going crazy, but they know what's ahead of them and they know what type of road it is to get to that mountaintop. And uh, I feel like the team to come out the West probably is the Warriors now. Honestly, I hate to say it, but <laughs> like if you got Poole and Clay and Steph going crazy like that, I take it, man. 
I don't know about the East, and I'm not going to say the Celtics because I have a friend, uh, his name is Jay Bird, big Raider fan too. He uh, he thinks uh, the, the Celtics are going to go all the way. I don't think so. Gotcha. I gotcha. I don't. I don't think the Celtics are going to go all the way, but I do think they're going to win this series that uh, they're in going up against uh, the Nets because the Nets have been. Well, we all know how the Nets have uh, been. Yeah, what Charles Barkley said. He said, "Stop being a front runner. Don't be talking like a champion if you ain't going to play like one." There you go. Oh. Facts. <laughs> Facts. I love it. I love it. Well, Charles, thank you so much for your time this afternoon, my man. We are all pulling for you. I know the five five nine is pulling for you as well. Uh, but everyone here in Las Vegas is excited for you. Of course, repping UNLV, they're excited for you as. Well, uh, you're a great dude on the field and off the field. We appreciate that about you, and good luck this week with the draft, my man. Thank you. I appreciate it. Absolutely. There he goes. Charles Williams, the Chuck Wagon, UNLV's all-time leading rusher, 23 years old. You heard that right there, and my man's got his head on straight. I mean, absolutely, no doubt about it. And those are the guys that and I, I just I appreciate those kind of guys more and more every single day that you know. You know, the guys that, that – don't have their head on straight. They always kind of stand out to you because you hear about like knucklehead things that they do. But it's guys like the Chuck Wagon, guys, you know, like Caleb Egan's who we had on last week that just have their their mind right and their heads on straight. Just it's so refreshing to hear and see. And those are the kind of dudes that we pull for. So I'm definitely pulling for the Chuck Wagon uh, when he gets that phone call. And he will get that phone call uh, this this weekend for the draft and uh, find out where he's going to be playing next. Very excited about that. 314 is the time. Come back, take some calls, take some texts. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Red Radio 920. Hey Raider Nation, this is Bruce Buffer and you're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920. It's time! Welcome back. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. Broadcasting all the way live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, Damon Cotton and your boy Q. Do not forget the NFL Draft is taking over Vegas, April 28th through the 30th. You can be there to witness it live. This NFL Fan Fest features player appearances, photo ops, live concerts, and a whole lot more. And the best part is it's free with the NFL One Pass app. The NFL is presented by Bud Light. Visit NFL.com slash One Pass to register and uh, definitely looking forward to that. We'll be talking to Cassie Soto from the Las Vegas Review Journal coming up at 3.30 and she'll give us all the uh, details and the updates on everything going on around the city and all the free events going on that you could be a part of. There's a ton of concerts going on. There's all kinds of good stuff happening. Uh, there was some good stuff happening earlier today at the Welcome to Las Vegas sign as it was lit up uh, silver and black and of course we'll be able to see it a little bit better later on this evening but you know maybe maybe it'll give you an idea hey if you're around the town drive on by check it out if you want to uh you know get a little glimpse of it and uh it's so funny i as long as i've been here now for almost a year i think i've driven by that sign maybe like twice you know what i mean it's just like it hasn't been something that i'm oh let me go drive by the sign it's just whatever i lived here like all of like basically all of high school yeah i didn't realize where never it was did at. get on the basketball court just kidding <laughs> i didn't realize where it was at until i got to college <laughs> Because it was like it was like a little field project yeah, for like yeah. journalism class. Find it. <laughs> but it was like for me, I was like, I never knew that was right here. That is so funny. I love it. I love it. Well, yeah, if you're driving around, maybe you go by and check it out a little, uh, little later this evening when it gets dark. And uh, you can see the sign all lit up in silver and black. Again, Cassie Soto will join us at 3.30. Did you see this announcement over the weekend? It wasn't really an announcement. It was a tweet from Adam Schefter talking about the NFL is going to be playing games on Christmas. Yeah, I tweeted about it. Did you? What'd yeah. you say? I didn't. I, I missed your tweet. I saw Adam Schefter. My bad. But what'd you say? Well, I quote tweeted, and it was just like a gif of like, hold on now, like the, <laughs> let the NBA have the day. Man, that's what I. That's the first thing I thought. I was like, damn, man, they ain't letting the NBA have nothing. We already done pushed the season back basically till the uh, till Christmas, and now it's like the NFL's like, wait, hold on, 
We can get some of this action too. We got games. We got some primetime action. Let's go ahead. We got Thanksgiving. Let's go and take Christmas too. Because we all know that the NFL is the ratings monster. 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 And it's just, man, I feel bad for the NBA a little bit. Have you heard the latest, though, from Peter King, what he put out on Monday Morning Quarterback? Oh, no. What's going on He's talking about Amazon wants to have Black Friday games. You're doing too much. That's what I thought. But I think that from what the report was is they're they're willing to spend like $70 million to get the game, to get the rights. So if they're going to spend anywhere from $70 million up, guess what's going to happen? There's going to be a Black Friday game because that kind of money – Talks. That's big time bread right there. And, and, and again, we always have these conversations on when do these salaries go up or you know stop going up? When does this stop going up? And we keep telling everyone, and I keep saying, preaching to the mountaintops, hey, as long as these streaming networks are, are the, the streaming numbers are going up, the dollars are still going up, the salaries are gonna go up. Well, can you imagine if Amazon buys a Black Friday package for 70 million plus? For one game. One game, one day. Jeff Bezos is out of control. They're getting it done, getting it done. So uh, that's a that's a report. It's not something that's like set in stone or anything like that, that they're going to do it. But look, they wanted to get that Thursday, that th- the rights to Thursday games. Guess what they did? They went and got them. So I'm not counting them out in anything. I'm not saying that they're not going to get it done because I feel like that they have opportunities to definitely get it done. We've been throwing out there the topic. Uh, when will you know that this new front office is a, is a success? What do they have to do? Have they already kind of gained your trust? Because I know a lot of Raider Nation is, is I don't want to say scarred. That sounds a little tough, scarred. But I know that Raider Nation has been feeling good about themselves at a certain point, And then all of a sudden, you know, the, the shoe falls off. And it's like, oh, damn, what happened there? So I know that, you know, I think a lot of people are probably hesitating to be too over the moon and too excited. But it's hard not to get excited when you see the moves that they've already made. But just want to know, you know, your thoughts on what it's going to take to really feel confident that this new front uh, front office, this regime, is a success. 702-365-9200. Sam and S. Text on at 69187, keyword R&R. Who we got up next? Dave B. in the 757. Dave B., welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Hey, hey, buddy. Hey, I appreciate you and DeMond having me on. And so speaking to when we know whether or not this regime is successful, right, I think we know – the answer is right here in front of us, right? Okay. And and we have to look through it at, with the lens of, are they maximizing our potential on field to have success? And I think unequivocally we can say they've made the right moves. The processes are in place. You know, they're minimizing leaks about what we're going to do going forward. So I think we, we have that, and we can't judge that on, on wins and losses. We can't wait for wins and losses because if we look at, you know, the previous regime, we know that there were questionable moves, right? This is yeah. right. We're Monday, Monday morning quarterback in this. We know <laughs> that there are questionable moves. The the banana and the tailpipe there is the fact that hey, it translated into an increase in wins and success within the organization, right? So, I don't think it's wins and losses alone. I think we have to look at the processes and whether or not they're they're putting us in the right position. I think un, unequivocally that, that that's the case now. I mean, we we can't wait for W's and L's. That that. Stuff that plays out on the field on Sundays just plays out on the field, right? Right. I, I think that they're putting us in a great, great position, and and I know that everybody is happy about that. So, you know, your, your thoughts on that? Hey, good call. Appreciate it. And, you know, that's something that, DeMond, you kind of led off this whole conversation with that, you know, saying that you feel pretty confident that, that they're a, a, a successful front office right now, and the wins and losses, that's on the coaching staff. Exactly, because once you get the players in as the front office – that's your job is to assemble the best team possible. Mm-hmm. You know, aside from injuries, they've done their job. They've picked out the right players. 
So it's like you said, it's up to the coaching staff. Right. That's that's where it comes down. That's where we're going to see the, if this actually pays off. Right. But as of right now, people are saying, hey, the Raiders, are, how many times do we hear people like, oh, man, ESPN, they had us ranked fourth. We're the best team in the division. People weren't saying that last year around this time. Like saying it with their chest unequivocally. Right. We are the best team in the division. Right. They are this year because of the moves that the front office has made. Right. And they're still not getting the getting the actual love, you know, which is okay. I mean, it, we, we talk about it all the time. You don't have to get the love nationally. You don't have to get the media to sit there and, and say, oh, this team's going to go win the whole thing. Uh, the Raiders started their voluntary uh, mini camp today. The Broncos did. And, of course, all conversation was about the Broncos. Did you see Russell Wilson in his new uniform? Why'd he even do that? Why'd he even have the full <laughs> uniform on? <laughs> he had it all. He's ready to go. I'm not going to lie. Russ is ready to cook, baby. That's why. When people say he's a little corny, you know, it's stuff like that. It's a stunt. You don't need to be in full uniform for mini camp. I mean, look, you know, there's no there's no no kind of activity that's going on. Like there's no no pads are allowed or anything like that or or hitting is allowed. But he was ready. Russell Wilson was ready. He has to he has to show out for the Denver the Denver media, man. The the media's there. They got to check it out. Have to get ready for a photo shoot. Yeah, that's that's exactly what it is. He got enough of the photo shoot with Sierra courtside uh, yesterday at the at the Warrior Nuggets game. With the Nuggets pulled that off, but their their season's about to come to a wrap. Those Dubs about to get another dub. Move on to the second round. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's just it, it's it's all conversation was about Russell Wilson, and I tell you, and this is not because I'm on Raider Nation Radio 920 or I grew up a Raider fan. It's just the fact that I have a lot of questions about the Broncos. I really do. I don't believe that just with the acquisition of Russell Wilson is going to put them over the top. Because again, I look to the sideline, and coaching matters in the NFL. Coaching might matter more than any other sport. I mean, it really might. You know what I mean? Like, you've got to push the right buttons. And I know Josh McDaniels uh, has not been a head coach since he was a head coach in Denver, but he's had enough game action. You know, he's, he's been, he's been uh, in the driver's seat as far as offensive coordinator long enough to know what buttons to push, situational football, at what time to push these buttons. And, and, and Nathaniel Hackett hasn't been there. He hasn't been there, done that. So I question him. Andy Reid, not going to question him. We know who he is. Brandon Staley, you still got questions with Staley. Yeah, because he, we always say he hasn't proven it, and the Chargers did have a good season last season, but it's still, can you do it consistently? And we see it with offensive offensive coordinators when they become head coach. Hey, you didn't call the plays. We don't know if that was more a credit to Matt LaFleur or to you. Mike McDaniel in Miami. Right. Those questions, they're still there, but I feel like Nathaniel Hackett is getting a bit of a pass a little bit where people are already just vaulting the Broncos up into this upper echelon mm-hmm. status, but it's, hey, those same questions that you should have for every rookie head coach, you should have him for him, too. Yeah, I wouldn't give uh, Nathaniel Hackett credit for what happened in Green Bay. I mean, that's first of all, you have Aaron Rodgers. Exactly. But I feel <laughs> you know? like people are like, hey, he's coming over from Green Bay. Right. So? Right. Yeah, let's talk about him coming over from Jacksonville. Just saying. Let's, let's talk about when he was in Jacksonville. He didn't have Aaron Rodgers. He had a good defense. Didn't have a good offense. So we'll just leave that there. Coming up next, Cassie Soto from the Las Vegas Review-Journal. She'll join us to talk all things that's going on in and around the town as far as the NFL draft goes. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. I'll tell you what, I'm real curious about this next interview. I usually have a really good idea and a really good grip of what to expect from each and every interview. And normally with our next guest, I'm very pumped up and excited. She brings a lot of energy. You know, she's great around town. Does just a fantastic job. But the way that Damon just talked to her before we even brought her on has me kind of wondering what the hell direction is going to happen right now. So 
Raider Nation, I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to find out as you find out how this all shakes out. But joining us now on the phone line is Cassie Soto from the Las Vegas Review Journal. Does a fantastic job covering everything in and around town. Cassie, I just heard Damon say, I can't wait till you come on so I can slander you. What the hell was all that about? You know, I don't know. I was just chilling with Elvis at the Las Vegas sign today. I didn't try to get in any trouble today, so I have no idea. That is unbelievable. I was going to start out talking some things about, you know, weddings and how the planning's going because <laughs> we haven't caught up in that in a while. But, man, I, I, I can't wait to see what DeMond's got. But you mentioned the Las Vegas sign. You mentioned being out there with Elvis. The Raiders were out there. MD was out there. Uh, lit up the sign, silver and black. Uh, couldn't really see it because it was daytime, but <laughs> what were your thoughts? What was the crowd like being out there? Yeah, no, it was really cool. It's always funny. They always do these <clears throat> lighting ceremonies at, like, the brightest time of the day. And I'm like, we wouldn't mind being out here at sunset. You know, let's right. see the lights change colors. Um, but, yeah, no, they had us out there super early this morning. Um, and it was there was a lot of fans. I don't know if they shuttled in maybe some workers or some fans or what, but there was a good crowd all decked out in silver and black there behind MD as he lit the lit the switch. Um, there was Raiderettes out there. Um, I know Marcel Reese was out there. JT the Brick, I know, was hosting mm-hmm. the event. Um, and then just passerbyers. There was a guy driving up and down in circles um, in a lowrider. You know, <laughs> Raider flags everywhere, bumping music, honking. Um, so to say that Raiders fans are excited is, is putting it mildly, I think, for this week. Yeah, no, I, I think that everyone's pretty pumped up, pretty excited. And, and to see that kind of, uh, you know, support from the community and anyone in and around Las Vegas right now just kind of repping the sil- silver and black is pretty cool. I see that sometimes, and I'm sure you do too, coming out of the facility. You'll see Raider fans driving up and down, taking pictures of the, the facility there in Henderson. And you just kind of realize that this community is really embracing uh, the Raiders. And then also, you know, people that come in from out of town that's like one of their stops got to go here got to go by the facility and take some pictures so that's pretty cool so as far as your excitement level you've been around everywhere around town just kind of seeing how everything's being built up now that we're just a couple days away what is your excitement level for what's going to go down in a couple days man it is so crazy it's so funny right like we try to plan like day by day like what we're going to be doing but i'm over here planning like hour by hour like my check marks of everything i need to be doing is leading up to the to Thursday is just like, I got to get this, I got to get this, I got to get this, which I'm hoping and I'm telling myself, like, at some point, I need to just stop working and, like, enjoy the moment that I'm in. Mm-hmm. Like, that is my goal for Thursday, like, to be able to soak it all in. I've, I've never been to a Super Bowl. I went to my very first combine this year. Um, and, and like you say, growing up here, now going on this summer will be 17 years for me here in Las Vegas. Nice. Growing up here where there was not even an ounce of this sort of sports excitement here, like I have to allow myself to enjoy it. And yeah, my excitement level is just as a member of this community is so high to see just the, the spotlight and to see that NFL shield with Las Vegas underneath it, right? Like, Las Vegas has it. The NFL is here. Um, it's not going anywhere. It's only getting more and, and more and more sports that are coming here. And so, yeah, it's, it's crazy. When, when uh, Come Thursday, when we're standing in the middle of the madness and Roger Goodell is right there, you know, a couple miles from where I graduated from college, 
you know, it's going to be pretty surreal. Yeah, no, it really will. I'm, I'm excited about the whole everything. Just see how it all shakes out. And you mentioned that it's just growing and growing here in Las Vegas with the uh, the Super Bowl being right around the corner in 2024. So that's really going to cap off everything that we've been able to be a part of. Right now we're talking with Cassie Soto from the Las Vegas Review-Journal here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. Demond, here we go. Demond's, Demond's coming for you, Cassie. Here he comes. Oh, no, it, was just, it. it was just a joke, cue. Cassie, mm-hmm. I didn't mean anything by it. You know how you have a little joke with people. <laughs> That's all. Come on, Cassie. You know we're cool. You, that was that was a there was some strong feelings towards that though. Exactly. I thought I was about what? to get ripped for something. I'm like, man, I have not even tweeted anything about Spider Man or anything crazy this week. So I don't know what you would be coming for my head for. There's no, I mean, you did kind of slander Jack in the box, and I mean, oh, no need to go there. Okay, but- and that's because I try to give them the opportunity. You know, I, I specifically went out to get Jack in the Box for that Pineapple Express shake, and not one, but two Jack in the Box were sold out of it. So I was real upset, real upset about that. There you go. Hey, maybe that's your fault for not being there quick soon enough. You know, Unbelievable. You waited too long to try to get the shake. Unbelievable. So at the end of the day, it falls on you. But Cassie, well, you I missed- went on, like, the holiday of getting a Pineapple Express milkshake, and you would think they would have it. That's their fault. All right, you mentioned taking it all in, being here in Vegas for the draft on Thursday. Does the fact that the Raiders don't have a first-round pick, is that going to like help you experience it and just soak it in more that you know you don't have to worry about the Raiders making any moves Thursday, the day of the draft? I mean, I feel like we still have to be on edge. Like, Absolutely. you never really know. Yep. Like, I'm not going to just sit down and be like, all right, like, boom, 5 p.m., let me just sit back and watch this. Like, let's see what happens. Like, I have a feeling I should still have, like, my phone on loud. I'm have my mm-hmm. tweet deck. You know, like, we still have to be prepared for something to happen. Like, I'm making all these graphics ahead of time, like, breaking news, Raiders trait. You know, like, I'm pre-making it already so they don't catch me slipping here. But, yeah, I think... Like you say, I think once maybe we get past in the in the late twenties or so, I'll be like, all right, maybe I can breathe a little bit now. Let me see. Let me see how soon I can get out to that marshmallow set once the the, the draft stage clears out and they'll have that secret little media viewing area for us for all the the concert that night. That's what I'm really looking forward to. Well, if you want to keep your head on a swivel, you're going to have to. Uh, Aaron Nagler put out a tweet saying, after not being able to get it done in the Devontae Adams deal due to league rules, the Packers are continuing to pursue a trade for Raiders star tight end Darren Waller. So, it's just well, so there yeah. you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, there goes everything I've planned. Here we go. Here we go, guys. Right. So who knows how it's going to shake out? We all know that his contract is a situation. We know that there's two years left on it, but he's very much underpaid. I don't know if it's going to get done. I feel like that he's going to be a member of the Raiders this season. Maybe in the offseason they move on from him. Maybe they give him a contract. I don't know. But when you see a a tweet or hear a tweet like that, what does your gut tell you that's going to happen? Are we in for some surprises? Correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't he supposed to be, like, introducing the draft yeah. on Thursday? Like, yep. he and Derek Carr are supposed to be, like, arm in arm. They're like, hey, guys, welcome to our city. So, well, I don't know what's going on. I don't know, what, <laughs> I don't know what's <laughs> happening. I don't know. It's so crazy. Just have no idea. Absolutely have no idea. I mean, and that's kind of, I want to say the beauty of the draft because you just don't know. I mean, we had a draft guy on earlier, and I said, well, what about veterans that are being traded? Could there be a a, a veteran traded that really shakes up the draft? Well, Cassie, I think that that would qualify as one of them. Yeah, I think so, and I think, I mean, obviously Dave Ziegler, uh, Raiders GM, didn't give away, you know, all the secrets here, the secret sauce um, the, the other week when he was speaking to us, but he said, like, hey, if there's an opportunity for us to get better, we're going to do it. 
Right. So, you know, I think that's all he really needed to say there. And I think they're going to be looking at every avenue they can to make a good first impression here in their first year with the silver and black. And I don't know necessarily if getting, yeah, trading away a star tight end here is going to sit well with Raiders fans, but depending on what they could get back for it, then, you know, it's all, there, there's so many moving pieces here that, that we can judge it now on this trade was an F, this pick was a D. You know, it's not going to matter come, you know, middle of the season if they're winning games and if they're looking like a, the playoff caliber team that they should be. All right, Cassie, we haven't had you on in a while to talk about the wedding and all the planning <laughs> that goes with it, but you took a picture with Elvis today. Would you ever consider having an Elvis impersonator officiate your wedding? Oh, wow. I thought about it for like four seconds, Thank all of you. four seconds. And then the fiance was just like so low key that I don't think he would go for it. Ah, so man. I, I would maybe do it, but out of, out of like, all right, I'll get some give and some take here. I wouldn't suggest it just because I know he wouldn't be down for it. There you go. I would want an invite. If you were like Elvis is officiating, I'd be like, now I have to, please, could I have an invite just to see that? But there is, there is a chapel here where they do, they, I think you get Elvis, and then you get to take pictures in the pink caddy. Which would be awesome. See, now we're talking. No, you. you're not. No, now you're not. Don't do it, Cassie. Don't do it, Cassie. <laughs> Don't do it. Look, I'm all for not spending a whole lot of money and all that other stuff, but I'm also not the guy that says you need to have Elvis officiate your uh, your uh, your wedding. Don't do it. Don't well, do it. You know what's so funny? Real real quick sidebar here, since we're, we're going to go off the rails, but uh, the, the fiancé's mom, so the, the future mother-in-law, was actually obsessed with Elvis and wanted to name him Elvis. Oh, wow. But the father, my father-in-law was like, uh-uh, we're not doing that. But Elvis's middle name is Aaron, so the fiancé's middle name is Aaron. Wow. There you go. There's a nice little nugget. Uh, I, and I love the fact so that you... I, yeah. <laughs> I love the fact that you call him the fiancé and the mother-in-law and the father-in-law because, and I'm sure you notice as you've been around myself and the wife all the time, I always say, wife, and she says, husband. And so everyone's like, why do you guys call each other that? And we're like, I don't know. You just do. So there you go. You guys are headed down well, the same path. If I'm over here saying Estrus and Gina and Marcos, like nobody's going to know. Y- y'all can follow along with me if I say it like this, though. <laughs> right. Facts. Facts. I love it. I love it. Well, I, I was going to ask what your expectations are. I think this uh, news about Darren Waller may have, uh, may have you know, shook it up just a little bit, just wondering what's going to eventually happen. Is he going to be traded? Is he not going to be traded? But as far as what you think the Raiders should do as far as, you know, in the draft, not thinking about a trade, but if, if yeah. what they come out with uh, at the end of this draft, what, what, are your, what are your expectations? What are you looking for? Well, I mean, I think we've seen that this team is capable of finding gems in the later rounds. Like, mm-hmm. go no further than Max Crosby, right? Hunter Renfro. Like, there are gems there. So I don't think they necessarily need to make just a blockbuster trade to get back into the first or the second. Because we've seen, you look at every analyst and every you know, aspect out there. Nobody's trying to trade up. They're all trying to trade back. So I think that this year, and we've heard it all before, like this, this draft is so unpredictable this year. So like, take the time to be patient with it. Obviously these guys, Dave Ziegler said they're already looking at next year's draft. So right. I think they have a plan set in place already of what they're going to be doing this year. And just because, you know, just because it's here in Vegas and, oh my gosh, the Raiders should have a first round pick and this and that. Just pull up highlights of Devontae Adams, sit back, enjoy it wait for the free concerts like enjoy thursday 
Then we'll get into Friday, see what they do at 86, and, and we'll go from there. There you go. That's that's what uh, my expectations are as well. But, of course, like I said, uh, we got to keep our head on a swivel just to see yeah. how it all shakes out. Well, I know you guys are doing some great work at Vegas Nation. I've seen you pumping out plenty of videos. I know there's plenty of articles out there. What do you guys have coming out that we need to be on the lookout for? Yeah, we've got a really great video right now that I'm hoping Darren Waller doesn't get traded right now and just make it all be irrelevant. <laughs> but we've got, we've got a great preview show out right now at VegasNation.com or at ReviewJournal.com. Um, it gives you insights on traffic impacts. It gives you where to watch the draft. There's a really cool spot. Virgin Hotels is like a brand new uh, hotel. They've recently renovated from the Hard Rock to now Virgin Hotels. I take you there inside a really cool viewing area so you can check that out. They will actually be doing 86 cent draft beers. Wow. If with, for the Raiders because they have the 86 pick. So that's a really cool spot to check out. And then um, Adam Hill and Heidi Fang give us a, a breakdown of what the Raiders could do this year. But we didn't mention Darren Waller, so that's why I'm hoping it's not outdated already. <laughs> <laughs> right, of course. That's. <laughs> It is. You know how it I is. Do. We Man, you go to bed and then you wake up and there's some more news that you have to break down and didn't realize that you're going to have to break down. So uh, we'll see how it all shakes out. But Cassie, thank you so much for your time. Uh, like you said, enjoy it. Soak it all in. I mean, this is something you've been working hard for. Uh, the opportunity is here. So enjoy it. And uh, we'll see you soon. We'll probably see you downtown on Thursday. Appreciate it, fellas. Thank you. All right. There she goes. Cassie Soto from the Las Vegas Review Journal. DeMond started out with smoke, man. I thought DeMond was going for it, like going after her. He literally said, I can't wait till you get on the, on the air so I can uh, slander you. Like, he used the slander word. I was like, dang, I don't know what she did. I thought she would have had another a bad movie take or something. I didn't know what it was. Nah, you know, you joke with your friends like that. Okay, I got you. Okay, it did, it did sound a little aggressive. It did sound a little aggressive, but okay. That'll work. Well, 344 is the time. It's just a rumor. It's just a report. Aaron Nagler is really good at what he does. Of course, we'll have to reach out to some Green Bay folks, and I'm glad that we have a couple days before the draft because now a lot of things have changed. We're not saying it's going to happen, but you never know. I'm not saying it's not going to happen. I think every team, Vinny put out a, a really good tweet just a little while ago, Vinny Bonsignor from In the Huddles coming up next. Every team in the league probably wants Darren Waller, so that's not really a shock, but do you feel like that it's close? Do you feel like there could be something? There could be some moving and shaking about to take place? Let us know. we got a few minutes left in today's show. 702-365-9200. Sam and Ash text line 69187. Keyword R&R. This is Red Nation Radio 920. It's unnecessary roughness. The judge, Lester Hayes, joining us now. That's why Q, of course, our team kept winning. Kept winning, Q, because of our training. You got to put in the work and the time and the perseverance and the patience to train your body and train your brain. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. <laughs> Very nice. I like that. I like that uh I like that intro music right there, that return music dropped by Devon Cotton on the wheels of steel here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. Been talking about the reports of the Packers trying to pursue Darren Waller. Now, you could pursue anything in any one. I learned in life I could pursue a lot. I pursued a lot of people that did not uh, result in anything, but that's okay. You can, you can pursue everything you want, but Matt Schneidman from The Athletic put out, the Packers weren't allowed to trade for Waller in the Devontae deal because you can't trade a franchise tag player for a player that's not tagged. This would be a really nice ad for Green Bay's offense. 
So we're just kind of reacting to that. Got a multiple text here. My guy, Vegas Jess, said, hey, Q, this is Jess. Waller isn't going anywhere, which was what made me laugh with that return music that you had. That was perfect, perfectly timed. Got another text. Q, like Vinny said, everyone wants Waller, but he's staying in Vegas. It makes no sense to trade him right now. There's no one in the draft that will have the impact that a healthy Waller does. I don't disagree with you. <laughs> Let's, let, let me make this perfectly clear. I'm not throwing it out there that he's going to get traded. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just passing along the report that's out. I've been saying for a long time it'd be silly to trade him when you have the kind of three-headed monster that you could have out there between Renfro, obviously Devontae Adams, and Darren Waller. I, I'm 100% with you. I'm not saying that he's going to be gone. I'm not saying he's going to be traded. I'm just passing along the message. Got big deuce. This might be the trade, if it happens, that answers the question of the day regarding the front office. And that you're right. You're right. And the other thing I'll say is this. We started off today saying that it is draft week. There's a lot of smoke out there. There's going to be a lot of misdirection out there. There's going to be a lot of conversations out there, and you don't believe it all. Matter of fact, you have to really be careful with what you believe and what you don't believe because there's a lot of, as I said, misdirection. One of our guests that we had on early in the show, Ryan Roberts, said, I only believe the stuff that's being reported by multiple outlets. Well, right now, multiple outlets are saying that the Packers are still pursuing Darren Waller, which means nothing. As I said, you can pursue anything you want. DeMond's been pursuing Kayla forever, still hasn't landed. It's only been 12 years. It's all right. You know what? Then I was I was searching for it. I couldn't find it. But Andrew Brandt, who used to be the president yeah, of the Packers, right. he had a tweet out last weekend where it was just someone said, "Oh, the Packers. I feel like the Packers are always interested in every player that's mm-hmm. available." This was in regards to Debo Samuel, and he said, "When I was running the Packers, I would always say, hey, if it makes another team pay more for a player, sure, throw our name in there that we're involved there you or go. that we're interested.'" Right. And it was just funny to hear a front office exec say that, "Hey." We maybe it is. Sometimes it is maybe the substitution of, hey, we'll say that we're interested. Right. If we think that it's going to be advantageous to us. That's what the Vikings did for Jim Harbaugh. They uh they had him on the on the doorstep of, oh yeah, he's gonna get hired. And I honestly think he was just doing what he did just to get a big time raise at Michigan. I feel like that that's what they did. And uh you hear that a lot throughout the course of the league. You hear you hear other teams bring guys in for workouts, and it's really just kind of a favor to start to drum up a little bit of interest. I can see that. Vegas Pete said at 69187 keyword r it's a Sam and Ash text line. Waller's under contract two more years. They will extend him. This trade, this trade is nonsense. It's coming from the Packers. We're not fixing their mess. All the rumors are coming from them. All the news, this is coming from the Packers sites. It's not Christmas Packers. Go elsewhere. They paid a fading star $50 million with nobody to throw to. McDaniels knows how important 83 is. He's a centerpiece to the team. Again, I don't disagree. <laughs> At all. At all. We know that he's underpaid. That's what we do know. And we do know that with Clutch Sports being his representation now, they're going to make sure that, or at least try to make sure, that he gets paid. They're all about getting the bag. Right. But we just don't know. because we, we don't know because um, Vegas Jets, as you just said there, where this is all coming from the Packers side. Right. We don't know where it's coming from. Right. No, Maybe we this don't. could be the, the Clutch Sports leak. I mean, try to try to get an extension sooner rather than later. Right, right. And look, this is I mean, again, this is just the reports that we're we're reading. Uh, we're seeing hit on Twitter. And like I said, it's not one outlet. It's multiples, but they are all, all coming from the the Packer side of things. So, again, you got to take it with a grain of salt, but it doesn't mean 
that it's not happening doesn't mean that it is happening. It just means that it's the report that's currently out there. Rossi hit me up on Twitter, uh, hit us both up on Twitter, and said 99.9% of any NFL trade stories in draft week are total crap. Hope this isn't those 0.0.1% correct predictions. That's from Rossi. I Yeah. Look, I hope it's not true either. I really do. I don't think there may be, uh, I was about to say, there might be one guy, one or two guys in the first round that I could say, okay, I'd be comfortable with that. But when I think about taking away the offensive firepower, then I would say no. You know what I mean? But I do see a couple defensive players that I would say, okay, okay. That's something that's intriguing to me. But I think the offensive firepower is worth more than those defensive players that I would be including in there, if that makes sense. Yeah, because even if you were to trade him, let's say if Drake London, he projects out like he's going to be the best that he can be to live up to his potential. Is that worth trading Darren Waller right now? Right. Because of the window? Right. No, I know, and that's the thing. It's, because it's the t- window. I, as an offensive player, there's no one on the offensive side that's going to give you more production than Darren Waller's giving you right now. Right. No, that's that's true. And, and all the defensive players are going to be taken too high, I think, to come in and make that immediate impact that they would need from someone on the defensive end. Agreed. Agreed. And, and the, the defensive guys I was thinking of, one would be Sauce Gardner, which is going to go top five. Like you said, way, way too soon. Jordan Davis is a guy that intrigues me, you know, but I think he's going to be gone top 15. I don't see the, uh, you know, even if you do trade Darren Waller, I don't see you getting getting the value to go all the way up there. You know what I'm saying? I, like, I just don't see it. Honestly, and I know Vinny will probably get into this as well. Vinny's got a loaded show coming up, but I, I just, I see maybe a second round pick going back to the Raiders for Darren Waller if they were to move him. Again, don't think that they're going to, but it's a report that's out there. And of course, it's draft week. And so... You got to keep your head on a swivel and decide what you believe is real and what you don't believe is real. Coming up next, Vinny Bonsignor in the huddle. Like I said, got a loaded show coming up to start off the show. Raiders president Dan Vitrelli is going to join the show and more. He's loaded up. He's locked and loaded 4 to 6 p.m. in the huddle, and he'll break down uh, everything he's hearing or, or what his conversation piece is when it comes to Darren Waller. That's all coming up next. We'll be back tomorrow. This is Raider Nation Radio 920.